Welcome to What's On Your Mind with me, Janie Rott. My guest in this episode is Cecilia Fay, who you all may know now as my PR and brand director. Uh, but originally, I met Cecilia through um, the podcast, and she shared a, her story around mental health. And I was just really drawn to her for so many reasons. And you'll hear it through this episode. But I think this is just one of those examples where you meet people in different life circumstances. And in this case, it was I met somebody through a podcast and this was a connection that just continued to our life today. So this episode we recorded in November of last year and now it's March and I'm so excited to call Cecilia um, a member of my team and also now a close friend. So at the time of recording this, she was a senior at the University of Memphis studying PR She was the vice president of Active Minds, which is a mental health awareness organization on campus. She is a mental health advocate. She thinks authenticity is important when having conversations about mental health. She grew up undiagnosed with ADHD until she was 14. She attributes a lot of her anxiety to her ADHD and thinks that this is something that people don't talk enough about. So she shares some of these thoughts on the podcast. Speaking of Active Minds, I do want to dedicate this episode to a friend from my life and in Carolina. She was actually a former president of the Active Minds chapter at UNC Chapel Hill, and she unfortunately lost her life to suicide. So Priya, this episode is dedicated to you. Hi, Cecilia. What's on your mind? I'm a senior at the University of Memphis, about to graduate. Super excited. Um, And I'm actually not a psychology student. I'm a public relations student. Um, I started as a psychology student and then realized it wasn't my path. Um, But there's a lot of psychology that goes into PR, actually. Um, But I found my way to keep up with the psychology and the mental health and that the things that I like about it with a club called Active Minds on campus, and I'm now the vice president. Mm. Um, with COVID and returning back to campus, it's been harder to schedule official events and figure out what people are comfortable with. So we've been doing a lot of virtual things and a lot of social media things, but soon we're going to set up a plan for next semester. That way the new president or the new vice president and current president can have a whole plan. But yeah, so that's kind of my background. Um, And then it's it's a lot of experience too. So um, I grew up going to private Catholic school my whole life. And so, so there's a whole stigma in that too. And even though things were more um, focused on me in smaller classes, I was still kind of just not kind of looked over. So when I got to high school, my grades were terrible. Um, I wasn't focusing in the classroom. And then my counselor pulled me aside and was like, hey, have you ever noticed anything different? And I was like, not really. Um, Fast forward a couple months later, I got set up for testing with a psychologist. And, you know, I got diagnosed with ADHD. Um, And the reason that that's so important and prevalent in my life is because of the late diagnosis. And I basically went to college starting fresh. You know, I had four years of high school within and got prescribed medication and figured it out. But when I got to college, I was starting from scratch again because I had to figure out a whole new work ethic, a whole new way to, you know, navigate life. And college is a whole new step in of itself. Yeah. Um, 
but I think that the path that I took, you know, staying close to home and being close to my family, my support system really helped me out. And I think choosing the major I ended up choosing is literally the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and my first job was working in a restaurant and like, that's also the best thing for me. Um, but I'm going to talk about more of the stigma and more that it's, you know, how it affects girls and women. So only 4.2% of women get diagnosed with ADHD in their lifetime, opposed to 13% of men. And the reason that it happens is because the symptoms present themselves differently in each gender. And I think there's a little sexism there as well. Um, Men that have ADHD or boys that have ADHD are loud, boisterous, make messes, are, you know, annoying. You know, girls that have ADHD, they internalize more. And looking back on when I went to school, I did that all the time. I wasn't focusing in class. I was thinking about anything else. And in turn, I was never learning. Mm. Um, And I thought that everyone else was like that. Like, (laughs) I had no idea. I thought everyone else's brains operated like that. so I think that because it's just not acted in the same way, it's always looked over. Um, and I was lucky to go to a really good high school and they, you know, first figured it out and kind of looked at me, you know, and said, hey, you, you, there's something going on here and you need some help and this is how we're going to help you. And then my parents were, of course, supportive. But I think that it's especially harmful when you get to adulthood because, if you're not diagnosed, then you're going to uh, be more susceptible. And that might be the wrong word <laughs> or um, more prone to things like anxiety and depression and eating disorders because ADHD at the end of the day is a chemical imbalance. Mm. And so when you have a chemical imbalance going on in your brain, then things can not always e- end up correctly in terms of mm. emotions and you know self-worth and confidence. Um, And so I think that one of the things I try to do is educate people on, hey, you know, maybe we should take another look at something or maybe we should see why this student is struggling. Um, And I've always tried to be a voice for, you know, little girls that might be getting (laughs) getting their report cards back saying, you know, doesn't sit still talks too much because I was that little girl a long time ago and now I'm about to graduate college. So I don't know. Everything's kind of come for a circle for me this last year um, with COVID and everything and, you know, how far I've come. So I'm just really excited to graduate and kind of spread this message more, um, n- not just on a communication standpoint, for, but from a mental health standpoint as well. So wow. that's I thank you so much for sharing that. And I mean, the the first, you know, question that I have is. Mm-hmm when you had to all of a sudden like switch school to um virtual i know because at university mm-hmm. of memphis it was mm-hmm. virtual classes how was that a- adjustment because oh I, yeah <laughs> um i honestly hated it and luckily some of the most of the classes i was taking were like general education classes yeah. and so there were just classes that i just needed to take to have um so there's a couple, there was one or two PR classes that I have to, had to take that I was really frustrated because I wasn't in the classroom being able to learn the best I could. Right. Um, and my mental health took a nosedive. I wasn't like, I wasn't motivated. I was dealing with a little bit of depression. Um, it just was really hard to 
do what I needed to do and to be happy about what I needed to do when there was no structure and kind of no finish line either. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is a lot of people that have ADHD thrive on structure because in their head, it's not very structured. And so they kind of try to, or at least I do, maybe I'm generalizing, but try to create an environment that gives them that structure so that they could be productive and can be happy and can be live, you know, a productive life. And so when we switched to virtual, it was not, it was miserable. It was terrible. And that's honestly one of the reasons I decided to graduate early because I was worried that the longer I stayed in school, the more chance it was, Hey, we're going to go back to zoom. Um, but yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason, the reason I asked that is because I just, I resonate with your story, um, mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Um, I, I was diagnosed with not ADHD, but with dyslexia much later in life. Like Mm -hmm. I was past the age of 20. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, there was that. And then I also have generalized anxiety disorder and depression. And so school was, school was an experience for me, uh, you know, definitely as, as well. And college was an experience. And for me, I wasn't in school during COVID, but just the transition to work from home at the beginning was super, super tough. Cause I, again, like, like you, I lost that structure and I lost Mm -hmm. some of, so many of those strategies and coping mechanisms that I had been, I had like learned to rely on over the past few years. And yeah, I, I really feel that. And, and I also wanted to just thank you for your work you're doing with active minds. Um, (laughs) I was in my chapter of active minds when I was in an undergraduate, uh, at university of North Carolina. So that's amazing that the, I forget that that group like transcends across state boundaries. (laughs) So, yes. And I didn't realize it was a national organization until I really did research. And I think it's great what it is. And, I'm sure that some schools might need it more than others, um, depending on the population and, you know, just demographics. But I think that it's definitely a good resource, no matter how you use it or how you utilize it. Um, I'm excited for them to, you know, bring back some things next semester because this semester was just so weird because people were still, you know, kind of worried about doing in-person stuff. And it was like, are we going to spend the money to put on this event? if no one's going to be there, but we're doing, we're doing the most we can from a virtual and uh, social uh, platform, but I'm excited for them to keep it going next year. If I could stay in help, I would, but (laughs) I will no longer be in school. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for people that actually don't know about active minds, can you talk a little bit about based on just your experience with your own mental health and, and wanting to empower other girls and women, like you said, kind of what drew you to be an active minds uh, member and also like the vice president which is super cool okay so funny story one of my good friends that went to the all boys high school that was like the sister school was like hey I'm in this club I'm in charge you need to join so I was like okay (laughs) and so he was like it's a mental health organization um and we're trying to they did it like 10 plus years ago I'm pretty sure at Memphis and him and a couple of his friends were trying to bring it back and what's interesting is he's a dental student and I think that's what's the beauty about our Active Minds Association. This is not a bunch of psychology majors. We have some, but it's just people that genuinely care about mental health, not just like the, I would say the textbook definition of mental health or, you know, some of these mental disorders that people struggle with, but it brings out the human in the organization and saying, hey, 
I might not know as much as you in terms of textbook and facts and statistics, but I'm still going through something you're also going through. And so I think that's what drew, drew me to it. And so we just make, so basically we just make sure students know, hey, we're not experts. We're, we don't have degrees, we don't have certificates, but this, this, and this are resources on campus that can help you if you need something. And we have a great counseling center that offers, um, I think either free or like really cheap, like counseling services. Um, and then we have something called the relaxation zone where you can go and just like do massage chairs, listen to calm music. I love that place. So I think that we have plenty of resources. People just know, don't know about them. So what our job is, is kind of to be that liaison. And then, you know, before COVID, we would have anti-stress events and do stuff around exam time because, you know, everyone hates exams. Everyone's freaking out during exams. Um, but yeah, and then our socials, like we would just, you know, post motivating things, you know, things to remind you, you got this. Um, just things that were very human and not hard to digest because I think that's something that also stigmatizes mental health is like, you have to feel like you know everything and you have to feel like you know what what what's going on when that's not the case like you can go and talk to a certified therapist or counselor and say hey this is what I'm feeling and they can help you figure out what's going on and I think that if more people knew that then it would be it would not be as a hard of a conversation yeah, absolutely. Well, you sound like a fantastic spokesperson for just general <laughs> mental health awareness and also ending the stigma. And um, I'm curious, you know, like in your own mental health journey, I mean, it obviously sounds like, you know, you, you know, you were struggling through, like, you know, like grade school. And then, you know, mm -hmm. as you were an adult, you kind of got more clarity as you got the diagnosis and mm -hmm. figured out mm -hmm. strategies. What was the like stigma or if, or was there any, like when you were growing up um, and kind of struggling with something that you didn't have a name to it yet? What I've noted, what I've realized is the, my anxiety definitely comes from, directly comes from my ADHD and mm -hmm. it's about control and structure. When I realized that I would look back on my childhood when I would have like absolute meltdowns about things that like were not <laughs> needed yeah. to have a meltdown about but it's because I wanted to control whatever situation that was. And I think that in school, I kind of hit it a little more because, you know, we're in a social setting. You don't want people to think you're weird or whatever. But at home, I would I try to control everything. And, tr and when things didn't go the way I wanted or the things got out of my control is when I would get anxious and worried. And one of the first things that I guess I kind of got anxiety about was a tornado. I remember mm -hmm. I was like eight years old sitting in my closet, like about to like throw up because I thought that my house was about to come down or a tree was about to kill me. And it's because it was something that I could not control and control you know, things that are out of my control are still something I struggle with. And I think I'll struggle with the rest of my life. And so when COVID happened, that was something that I had to realize that's, you know, I'm not in charge of this. I'm not in charge of any of this. And the, there's only so much you can control and so only so much you can do. And that's something I have to tell myself every day. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I got my vaccine, I wear my mask and I do you know, what I'm supposed to, but you can't control everyone else. You can't control what everyone else is supposed to. So I think that 
that's just something that I'm always gonna have I'm always gonna struggle with and it's just gonna take coping and my techniques and good therapy to you know deal with it on a day-to-day basis but yeah definitely when I was younger I didn't I I didn't know what it was yet but it was just my anxiety yeah well I want to thank you for being so open and sharing your story (laughs) because I I mean, I know I resonate with it. I'm sure there are so many people out there that are resonating with this too and maybe can see themselves in in parts of what you've shared. So I want to thank you for for just being so authentic and open. Um, No problem. I think that's something that I, after I graduated high school, I was like, this is just who I am. And if people aren't happy with it, then I don't care. So I think that's something that, I got out of my high school experience and I'm really grateful for that. And as I move forward in my PR career, it's something that I've realized I need to, because in order to talk to people and branch out and make connections, you're just not going to have to, you're just going to have to be yourself and not care what people may or may not think of you. Um, So I think that's super cliche, but super important. And, you know, people are always telling girls and women what they can and cannot do. And, the world is always trying to water us down, I think. And I just, you can't do that. Like, don't let anyone water you down and don't let anyone tell you who you cannot and can't and cannot be. And I think with being a girl with ADHD, that's something that happens even more. And I mean, thinking about grade school, somebody telling you to sit still or somebody telling you to be quiet. And yes, that's like the classroom structure. But, you know, I think that's just a theme of what happens to women as they grow up. And you just, I just say, don't let anyone water you down and be yourself. And I think that's just probably the most important thing you can take away. Oh, this. absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, this is probably a podcast episode in itself, but there's yes. many articles out there of classroom structure and how it's rooted in a lot of isms. So if anybody yes. is interested in doing some follow-up research, I encourage <laughs> you to do that. Can I that is, yes. I not mean, get I on could, my soapbox right now. <laughs> I could do a TED talk on that one and I can t- do a TED talk on college and how it's a scam and scholarships, but we won't go into that. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe for another day. And mm-hmm. and I also wanted to say that you reminded me um, what uh, of you reminded me of my favorite quote right now, which is don't let anyone ever dehorn your unicorn. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Cecilia. Um, I also wanted to give you an opportunity to share any, um, you know, websites or socials or anything that you have if people wanted to learn a little bit more about you, your journey, or even Active Minds. So my Instagram is Cecilia Famous. My last name is spelled F-A-Y. So Cecilia Fay with an M-O-U-S. Um, my Twitter, I think, is Cecilia Fay underscore. Um, but yeah, just look into Active Minds as an organization, honestly, um, to write to write love on her arms is a fabulous organization about suicide awareness um we try to do a fundraiser every year and they just they do a lot for you know mental health stigma and just people that struggle with suicide and depression they try to provide resources so i really love that organization and we try to you know promote it you know as much as we can so those two and then yeah i think that's about it thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your experiences with us today no problem i loved it thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, all of the things. Thank you to all the supporters and sponsors of What's On Your Mind. Check out jannyrod.com for my latest updates. Well, friends, until next week.